0: Uh, so, how was your week? Um, well,
1: I've been okay, yeah. So, I had my
0: um, first mammogram oh. and ultrasound oh, yeah, on right, Monday. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. How was and it? it was awkward? Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Yeah, I, you yeah. know. Um, remember how mum used to tell us yeah. that, oh, it's so painful this. I know. Boobs yes, I know. I know. So I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it was okay, it was just feeling tight. Yeah.
1: So I grew up thinking that I had to do it like every year. I still haven't had my breasts checked ever.
0: Oh, you can get the GP to check. Uh, oh, right. If your GP is a female, obviously. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, definitely. GP my GP is so... an Asian woman. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> and also, my therapist is an Asian woman as well. Okay. The older I get, the more I realize I'm only comfortable with my own kind of person.
0: Oh, that's so yeah. funny! That is so funny because I was listening to another Asian podcast. Yeah, they're Americans. Yeah, and they all say that their their family doctor they call a family doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The family doctors are all Asians as well. Yep, yeah. and they're yeah. like second gen. They're yeah, second gen. They they were born there. They were, they were not. They're not even like us who were born overseas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They just they feel like they're inclining to the um. The Asian doctors appeals to them. They feel like they know them better.
1: <laughs> and and honestly, it's true. And the thing is, like, if you if you like, I'm just thinking like uh, a white guy going to see another uh, who's his doctor being another white guy. No one would think anything of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. kind of like yeah, the default. default. Kind of like yeah, that's normal. Um, but if I like go around saying I specifically want an Asian woman, mm. you know, like I, I yeah, it's just. Um,
0: Everyone will question your choice.
1: Well, like, yeah, it'll be like, oh, why, (laughs) like, why is that so important to you? And, um, I think like, um, I think I'm just trying to think, um, my, all my life, I think I've definitely only had female doctors, um, before Mm -hmm. I had the current one, who's an Asian woman. Um, I had an Italian woman, um, in Bondi for several years yeah um but but the only circumstance where i find myself with a male doctor is um and it has happened several times in my life is when i've had to see a specialist and i've had to see so many specialists in my life Uh, Um, when i had like a hemorrhoid hemorrhage thing um Mm -hmm. i had to see a butt doctor um Mm -hmm. and he was an old white guy and when i've had like um, gastroenterologists check my stomach for holes because like um Throughout my 20s, I've had issues with like anemia and like they thought that there was a hole in my stomach. Yeah, That's where the blood was uh, leaking. And- yeah. yeah. Um, uh, white guy, like a lot of sort of like mm. men um, tend to be in the s- sort of specialist areas and I can't oh. actually, I don't have the capacity to say, oh, I only want to see an Asian woman.
0: Because you don't get the choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. You get barely. For
0: months to see a specialist in Australia. Uh, i know
1: exactly and these specialists are so limited in their um yeah capacity to see people yeah exactly so um but i've been very lucky i've been very lucky um with these two asian women um who i see these medical specialists
0: yeah i think my all my doctors are all female even with ones that i had to see gas gastro uh, yeah, yeah i know i don't know what's the specific term for it yeah she's an asian woman as well which is a bit surprised to me because this is like almost seven eight years ago up on the coast here yeah yeah but apart from that yeah male doctors tend to be the specialist ones and the ones that my kids see will be like my son will be yeah doctor well
1: i think doctor, yeah i think woman. it's just as um the uh, it's a it's the um just the way the structurally um, the whole medical system is set up and also because
0: mm. like it
1: takes often it takes years and years decades of training in, in order to become a specialist yeah. and you know that means we're seeing people who went through medical school maybe 20 25 years ago 30 years ago and you know feminism guys it's still like you know um, women are still not given the same kind of opportunities, opportunities. and yeah. they're socialized to not center their own ambitions, you know. Yeah. And so, like, um, we, yeah, it's just uh, like I, I guess I was gonna say it, it will take maybe a few decades for us to see more specialists who are more like more women specialists. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. but I
1: don't know if things are changing for the better. Like, um, I, th- I I think um, as long as women have babies, um, we um,
0: yeah, super- as long as we
1: as long as men cannot get pregnant, um, we'll always be subtly disadvantage
0: yeah yeah i agree with that um we just haven't done our intro yet do you want yeah that
1: that was our intro (laughs) (laughs) this is the medical asian (laughs) club
0: this is helen this is jess and you're listening to asian bitches down under where we started our episode this week talking about our own medical experience um yeah i have to give out give a shout out to my local medical center for anyone who wants to know where it is you can dm me but the one that i go to is very very female lead the owner of the clinic is well obviously a white a white uh female doctor but she and helen says
1: obviously only because she lives in the central coast where most people are white white yeah Yeah.
0: um but she is i feel like she is very she's very dedicated in hiring young gps with um diversity backgrounds just in the past five years uh the interns that came in and the young doctors that she recruit are I would say mo- over seventy percent are from Asia. Like my regular one now, she—I don't know what's her like ethnic background, but she's just, uh, my. I'm guessing she's um, Southeast Asian, but I don't know. You know, maybe she was born here, but um, yeah, the ones that I've seen the past five years are either from India, okay, with Indian background. Mm-hmm. Of background and they're all young female doctors yeah yeah so for me it was such a like a safe space i feel like i can tell them things mm. and don't feel intimidated you know sometimes when you have white doctors they kind of pose themselves as a figure of authority and you don't know how to start a conversation with them
1: no, yeah that's my whole life until maybe <laughs> five years ago yeah
0: yeah, whereas I I feel like Asian doctors they give you a sense of a bit more chilled. Yeah, and they I I don't know, I just I don't know if our listeners feel the same like me, but I just think that it's a lot more relaxed when I talk to an Asian doctor.
1: Yeah, it's a, we feel a sense of solidarity even if it's not something we explicitly say, you know, mm. we don't sit down with an Asian and say, "Hey, you're Asian as well." kind of thing.
0: Hmm. And young ones as well. I think young doctors are more they don't brush you off. And, oh,
1: I hate yeah. I cannot believe I cannot I, I don't even I think I've actually it's just like erased them from my mind because they've been awful. But yeah, the number mm-hmm. of times I've seen um and you know in Australia we um I, I feel like when I was younger, like in our in our twenties, um mm-hmm. bulk billing was kind of more everywhere. These yeah. days bulk billing's harder. Mm-hmm. to find yeah. um and you know you go to see a doctor you don't know them you go tell them there's your symptoms um yeah the number of uh, doctors gps i've seen who are just completely not into their jobs who mm-hmm. even seem to hate people yeah you know, know. it's yeah. it's yeah. awful yeah. just so yeah. awful yeah um yeah. and no we're not dissing older gps it's just like yeah I, I know what you mean like i definitely have sensed younger doctors at least in the same way that i guess a lot of um I know it's not the same, but um, younger teachers, I feel often have an exuberance yep. and an energy that yeah. um, older teachers have lost. Not again, not saying that old teachers suck. I know plenty of old teachers, um, like older teachers who have like the youthfulness of 25 year old. Mm-hmm. It's just like um, very generally speaking, um, I have also encountered um, younger doctors to be a bit more receptive mm-hmm. and responsive and more
0: energized. Yeah, in
1: they're the, the clinic.
0: Well, they're, they're more, more thorough. thorough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's our
1: so first. Helen. Um, you had a <laughs> yeah. mammogram. Yeah, the
0: mammogram. Yeah, and the ultrasound as well. Because uh, just a couple of weeks ago, my GP noticed something a bit abnormal around my breast. Mm. So she mm-hmm. want me to go and get a bit more thorough check. So um, I had my first mammogram and also the first ultrasound. Um, the result all came out clear, so I'm okay. Oh, good. Yeah, so um, we do encourage, you know, our listeners who are mostly female to go and get a check regardless if you find something that's – you just feel like it's an abnormal, go and get a check. I know that it is costly. You still have to pay out-of-pocket for ultrasound. Really, you did? Yeah, it's $200 out-of-pocket, which is freaking yeah, – Yeah, that's – Yeah.
1: And so um yeah. I um so do they clamp down your breasts? Yeah. Actually,
0: so um, it is the X-ray, it, is it the X ray is a machine which is made by Fuji Film. I don't know why. I think it's because, you know, the imaging yeah, machines. Yeah. Um, they're like I don't know how to describe it. I sent you a photo of the machine, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Is it yeah, as painful as mum always described it? No, nah, it just feels tight. Okay. Yeah. The first technician I had for x-ray, she was really, really nice. Okay. Uh, She was really bubbly. Mm -hmm. And the second technician for ultrasound, um, she reminds me of that character Emily Blunt play in Devil Wears Prada. A bitch, basically. No, she was just really sharp, and she would just want to get her work done. And, and she didn't really chat, chit chat too much. Yeah. The first technicians asked me that. Oh, is this your first time? Oh, that's so nice. Did you treat yourself after this, you know. Oh, uh, nice. Can I just say
1: those people make the world go round? <laughs> I know. Honestly, so nice. just yeah. um, I just I want the world to give those people every day some sort of acknowledgement that the tiny little things mm-hmm. that they do of just making someone's day brighter. It
0: just yeah, makes a
1: world of difference, honestly. It's so
0: important, I think, honestly, in the medical yeah. atmosphere that you need to make someone relax because you I feel know. Anxious, you know, just yeah. like this. Yeah, so she was really nice. Yeah, so that's my first experience. Um, my GP say that the regular checks is usually for women after 50, but right. when you reach your 40, if you find something abnormal, that is best to... Um, get a check out as soon as possible
1: yeah yeah, yeah. great um, um well i had a um busy week uh less busy than last week i feel but mm-hmm. i did. what did i do um let me just look through my diary and <laughs> <laughs> no i i i um i have mostly no i haven't um i've been basically um we've been going through um i feel like there's a lot of Uh, gaps in my knowledge when it comes to
0: movies. Mm. and um, I always think that you know a lot.
1: Oh, no, I don't. There's so much I don't know. And um, over the weekend, we um, started this movie, um, David Finch's 1995 film Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Um, I have never seen that. Helen, have you seen that?
0: No, I haven't seen that, but I can have that. Um, I have the image of that poster yeah yeah because usually when movie comes out you see the poster I mean, yeah exactly growing yeah. up we don't see trailers <laughs>
1: yeah yeah um so uh I, this actually took three seatings for me to finish this um, oh, yeah. not just not just because it's so long but um okay. i just couldn't do it for like the first time we started really late in the night so anyway <laughs> um it, it is such a dark film i'm sure a lot of our listeners have um seen it um it's a classic um, I'm kind of troubled by it because, um, well, I guess I can't really say it because Helen, you haven't seen it, so I will have to go through a spoiler.
2: Um, oh, do you right. mind?
1: I, oh, okay. I mind.
0: Yeah. I don't okay, mind.
1: so it's a huge spoiler, so I'm, um, mm. I'm, I i am i do not know if you really don't mind or if you're just saying that, but um, basically, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is uh, the only female character in the movie. She plays um, the wife of Brad, uh, Brad Pitt. The mm-hmm. so Brad Pitt and um, is a young rookie, not a rookie, he's a young cop um, who's been assigned to a partner, Morgan Freeman, who is about to retire in six days, and they were basically investigating this sleuth of murders, um, mm. uh, a serial killer. And um, at the end, um, Gwyneth Paltrow's head ends up in a box. So it's a famous thing, like a head in a box kind of thing. That's what people usually say when, they, when you mention Seven, the head in the box, the twist at the end. Um, and, you know, I listened to a couple of People on, uh, you know, various film podcasts talk mm-hmm. about it, and like I, 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 feel like um I spent days after watching the movie feeling very unsettled, just because um it's, it's a film violence
0: that violence against women.
1: yeah yeah it was really really violent um it's a violent end, um and I just didn't think that it was necessary to have the only female character's head end up in a box at the end of the movie. For the, for the movie to make its moral uh, statement, I guess mm-hmm. it just troubled me a lot, a mm-hmm. lot, like deeply, deeply, and and just the way that people, film buff people, talk about it, um, almost elides the whole misogyny or the machine of machinery of misogyny that is Hollywood, and um, and then anyway, uh, it troubled me for days, and then I kind of I was just in this you know when you get through moods most of my mm. moods lead me to watching rom-coms um, yeah. but this week I just felt like I'm watching not because I was depressed or anything but I just felt like watching dark f- films so mm. I followed that up with David Finch's other classic zodiac from two thousand and seven have you seen that
0: no I actually haven't heard of of this movie
1: oh really okay um famous movie Mark Rothlow Jake Gyllenhaal, um uh-huh. and uh, it's also a very long movie. Uh, I found this to be much better um, in just in terms of um, it wasn't as dark. It was much lighter. It didn't hate women as much. Um, Chloe, Savini, okay. um, stu- um, you know, it plays the only uh, female, uh, I guess, kind of, you know, these detective films, these ma- male uh, you know, filmmakers, they always make films about men centering men and the only female characters are their wives. Sometimes mm. they end up dead. Like mm-hmm. with Paltro, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, they're just um, irritating and get in the way of the male protagonists from doing what we want them to do. Like Chloe mm-hmm. Savini, um, she, her, the way in, the sh- in which she's framed in Zodiac is like um, the woman who is uh, pri- pri- basically doing what any human being would be, which is to look after their family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, she kind of um, makes. Her, so she's married to Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie, and he's investigating a murder. And then, um, he kind of does things that puts their safety in jeopardy, compromises their safety. And, uh, and yeah, well, at least she doesn't end up dead in the movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess what I wanted to bring up this week is just this like my, my, my com more complex feelings around wanting to be a. True film buff in the sense that I want to be able to have seen all the great films in Hollywood, right? But also, um, really feeling really like um, feeling very uncomfortable because a lot of the films hate women. You mm-hmm. know, they hate women actively. They put us in awful situations. They kill us off in terrible, violent ways. Um, that you can't you can't separate that made up world, right? from mm. the fact of our true reality which is that Absolutely. you know there is so yeah. much violence against us and and like I, I just yeah. like I feel so complex be, complicated feelings about this because I I do want to like I do agree that David Fincher David Lynch or, you know Tarantino all these are great filmmakers like that's an unobjectable fact and yet I can't um, it doesn't feel right to me always to sit through these movies um and enjoy them because of just the way in which my gender is um hated upon you know (laughs) so actively and so it's just yeah and i kind of like um i i kind of like i kind of talked about this um with people this week um and they were like can you just like look away during these violent scenes and i was like yeah i can and i do like mm. um, in in Zodiac, for instance, there are a couple of quite violent scenes towards the beginning of the film that I literally just turned away from the screen. Um, but yeah, I just like why why can't why can't I like it's just I feel so un, un unjust that I can't enjoy a movie uh, while appreciating it
2: mm. in equal
0: measure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard because you always watching the movie is something that you will try to make a connection of your own life yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know with other people because some people would want to watch a movie for escapism or you know read a book or you know you want to re or watch something that's very different to your life but the reason that i don't know what what are the real reasons that these male directors make these movies that is so closely link to our real life mm. um but also again these movies are made in what are they 90s or 2000s 2000s uh um Jodiac was
1: 2007 as mm-hmm. uh, um seven was 1995.
0: yeah so we're talking about like 20 almost 20 to 25 years ago so you know feminism wasn't that progressive enough yet and it still isn't, but yeah, is, good point. It isn't, but there is a progress, you know. We don't, you yeah. don't see as much of these sort of movies that where uh, female characters are being disempowered or disenfranchised. Um, you know, it, I think our selection of movies in our age now is very different. And back then, like the movies that we – when you were talking about um, – when you just say the movie's about a, a cop and then where he bought, because of his work, he bought dangers to his mm-hmm. family. The first movie I actually, my mind went through it was yeah. to yeah. <laughs>
1: Again, another movie with exactly the same, yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly the same trope. But in that movie, Jamie Lee Curtis's character was kind of been written different to all other female, the wife's character, because she stood up. She actually kind of got involved. Yeah, she, she looks more empowered.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, she's still portrayed as, like, someone who's, like, we're still meant to, I don't know, yeah, um, we're still meant to take Harry's side. Mm. On all sorts of niggas' side. Yeah. That's how yeah. I made, feel, felt going into the movie. Like, you know, when she went off and had a, um, uh, a date with um, Bill Paxton, we were supposed to be like, oh, how dare she cheat on her husband kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I mean, she doesn't, but, yeah, it's <laughs> – and then he basically violates her and, you know, kidnaps her, puts her into an interrogation room
0: interrogation, yeah. and then
1: pretends to be someone else and makes her go through this. I mean, it's pretty fucking it's violating still, it's, what it's he
0: does. It's still very violating it's still very brutal, yeah but then it, it, the way that the movie is set out, it, you can f- see the humour within it.
1: I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah, we, it's a family classic. <laughs> we can quote things from it. It is a fucking classic. So I don't deny you that at all. But, yeah, um, it's, I guess it's just, it's just I want someone to teach me how to – it's almost in the same way that I want someone to teach me how to be able to sit through a horror film because I, I, I really respect the genre of horror. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to write a horror book one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm everything about my writing is um a lot of it is informed by movies. And so I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of kind of good ideas or good sort of ways of being through or like, you know, good commentary by, by kind of not do actively not looking and watching horror films. Um I am mm-hmm. the most horrifying film I've ever seen is like. Um, I, I can't even, I can't even say maybe aliens, you know, like, Oh, alien, not the second one, mm-hmm. alien. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I can't go th- I can't sit through any stabbing. Um, I can't sit through any stabbing f- um, scene at all.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it's
1: too, it's way too close to half of me. Like I can't separate yeah. myself and like, it, it, I get it. I get it's not real, but, um, I'd like someone, it happens maybe, oh, well. yeah, exactly, it happens. exactly. That's
0: a thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd like, maybe I need to be hypnotized or um, (laughs) somehow like um, go through some psychotic, um, like need to take some substance in order for me to detach myself from the Mm -hmm. screen. But Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to be able to like, I want to be able to sit through, you know, quote quote, unquote classic films, Mm -hmm. but not be so disturbed by the inherent misogyny in them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you because it's too close to hard it's real it's the reality of the world you know when you see a woman being killed woman being murdered yeah to the world and speaking of horror i think like you said alien like i can watch a movie and i love watching a movie about zombies and i love watching movies about zombies as well because the probability of that kind of thing happen Mm. is lower yeah so low compared to a woman being murdered
1: yeah exactly yeah Yeah. zombie movies are fine yeah Yeah. i agree i agree
0: that's why you feel like oh yeah it's it's probably never gonna happen so you don't feel like oh the horror element is not as much as being as seen a woman being murdered
1: yeah exactly and can i also say um the way in which violence is enacted also it, it makes a difference for me so i was saying this to a friend this week um i recently went to see john wick four as i talked mm-hmm. about and john yeah. wick four has a lot of shooting
0: yeah there's a yeah. lot of,
1: like yeah. i think john wick's body count per movie is like 150 or something right? oh,
0: God. Uh-huh. and so
1: when someone asked me like oh, what about john wick how can you sit through that um i think it's because john wick um and i can say this and i'm sorry that this doesn't put that this doesn't um this isn't the same for American our American listeners. Unfortunately, mm. I'm very sad about that. Um, but in Australia, we don't have um, the gun laws are different. You know, thank thank yeah. Lord for our government mm. um for that. Um, but the reality of gun violence is um, the reality is in Australia, it's much much more rare. You know, mm. compared to America. Yes. So when I watch, I can actually sit through John Wick because a lot of it is just um not just sorry is a lot of the deaths that occur are through um, shooting. And for mm. me in australia because of our gun laws thank god um it's less of a likelihood it's less of a real world reality yeah. you know which yeah. made me think yeah, yeah which made me think helen because gun violence is so horrifyingly prevalent in america mm. like i was like wow how do americans sit through because yeah, yeah because because mass shootings are so common in
0: the states mm. like yeah, it's, it's up to like 130 or 140 it's
1: horrifying 30. Yeah.
0: What's what happened in this week? There's some Christian school.
1: Yeah, in Nashville, Nashville. Um, a, a oh, yeah. transgender um, shooter, oh. a former student, um, yeah, killed three kid, three students and three teachers. Uh, yeah, it was horrifying. Um, yeah, so I guess going back to what we were saying, I think the, the for me it's the method of violence, like mm-hmm. knife stabbings. Yeah. I can't. I can't look at I don't even want to I literally block my ears because I don't want to hear the sound sound, you know it's so real to me
0: yeah yeah I, I can totally get you and understand what you how you feel yeah
2: hi there If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So, if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google, or Spotify and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners' support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue and advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry.
0: Um, speaking of horror films, this week my husband well, last last weekend, last Friday I believe, my husband and I we watched Get Out. We're so late to this. <laughs> wait, Get wait,
2: out.
1: I, I didn't even know that you had never seen it before.
0: It's like shocking. I, it's like- I was like waiting for it to come out onto a streaming right. form and you never right. did it. And I think you only be ah. really out onto Netflix, so I don't I
1: didn't even know that I didn't even know that you couldn't not see it i thought that the whole no, world had I know. Been...
0: like the 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 um people of color in the world everyone should have seen this
2: already
1: i think every yeah. white person has seen it. it's a very white person film as well like white people love to say oh yeah jordan peele get out you know uh-huh. like it's... kind of as a flex like i'm yeah. on top of My all family. that Like
0: the white family in the movie as a flex Oh so uh, yeah, I would have vote for vote, uh, vote for Obama the third time if I could. Yeah,
1: um, the mother is terrifying. Mother in law.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um. So get out was uh if for anyone who doesn't know which that you should. No
1: one. You should. You don't even need to talk about it, Helen.
0: Just tell us about your reaction. Um. This is directed by Jordan Peele, who later directed and produced Us, us and Nope. nope. Um both still on my watch list as well um my Wait, f- are you
1: serious yeah still <laughs> okay we're cancelling <laughs> this podcast right now
0: <laughs> bad woman of color Helen no, G- no i'm
1: joking <laughs> it's like my uh-huh. student this week was like um i mentioned success- succession in my class uh-huh. and then i was like and then i said quickly oh i haven't seen it and then he looked at me and he was like yeah. you Where haven't seen succession you? yeah as though like I don't have a brain. It's like the look he gave me was just like, you haven't watched Succession? Are you fucking nuts? Yeah, I loved it. It's a really great student of mine. I love him. So I thought it was really funny.
0: Well, anyway, um, so I want to start talking about this film with the comment that from my daughter, (laughs) before we would start going to watch this film, we were driving home from dinner and my daughter asked us that if we could watch an episode of Hard Quiz, which is the ABC game show, before she has a shower. And I say, no, it's a bit late. We had dinner outside. So once you get home, you go and have a shower and you go to bed. And she said that, oh, but what about you guys? you got to get to stay up and watch something. And I say, yes, tonight I want to get watch Get Out because I've been waiting for so long to watch this movie. And finally, we have the time tonight. And she goes, oh, Get Out? What, what's the movie about? I said, oh, it's a horror movie. She said, um, okay, is it about zombies? I said, nah, it's about white people. And she goes, that is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that is so funny. That well, is I
0: just like literally that. just roll his eyes because he got used to, you know, us making puns about this kind of Making thing. jokes about. Yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> I was laughing my head off. Um. Yeah. Um. We had fun watching it. My favorite character is the his best friend. The oh yeah, of course. USA I mean, cop. I mean,
1: did you guys have an almost heart attack when the police car walked up at the end and you were like, "Oh yes. my god, he's dead"? And then, yeah,
0: you know, it was, my first reaction was, yeah, that it's going to be a white cop stepping out. Yeah, of
1: course.
2: Of course. That's, that's, all what, that's, that's what. That's what all we all. Want, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 That's what the director wanted everyone to anticipate. Yeah. But um, obviously, you know the, the friend came in to rescue her in the end. Um,
1: I need to see that film again. You know why? Because I haven't seen it. since it. I saw it at the cinemas in New York. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it, it with a friend,
1: it. a friend. Um, in New York. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think my second, second character that I liked the most, which is very sad to say. I mean, I'm saying the girlfriend. No, I don't like the. I don't really like the older woman in the film. But I really like Bradley Whitfield. Whitfall. Whitefall. Mm-hmm. Bradley Whitefall. Yeah, the, the one who played the white dad. I feel like he's just playing himself. Yeah. He's just playing a perfect, typical, fake, woke white yeah. figure. Yeah. You know, those very typical ones. That's why I'm saying that. I feel like he's just playing himself. Mm-hmm. So um, Bradley Whitefall, he was the one. He was the guy who played Stephen Sopman in tick tick wasn't it? Oh, right. That's how we recognize it. I'm going
1: to go see that, by the way. It's showing in Sydney, you know that? Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I When I saw the poster for it, um, I was like, I'm so going there. And I never go to musicals. I don't. I'm not a musical kind of person. There mm-hmm. are people who love musicals and there are people who hate musicals. I'm probably more in the latter group. Mm. But um I, I, I saw tick, tick Boom when it came out because I'm a huge Andrew Garfield fan and um I fucking just oh that that it's, movie it's killed yeah. me. I loved it and I love the music, it's such good yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, um really and good. so yeah. yeah, i bought tickets to see that. Just the cheapest. It's oh, that's good. These, these things are not expensive. These things are not cheap, man. Mm. Um yeah, okay, so yeah. um Get I <laughs> yeah. Where is the streaming?
0: Um pretty sure it's on Netflix. Oh,
1: nice. Okay, Um, I'm probably going to continue my David Fincher, um, filmography this week. Mm -hmm. I think I just want to get, I want to work through my work my way through all the filmmakers. I'll probably probably I'll probably make myself go through a female director next, just to Mm -hmm. balance it out.
0: Um, anything else on your culture? Oh,
1: yes. Um, so over the weekend, I went into a bookstore um, across the bridge. Um, I went to shout out to um, Blues Point Bookstore on Blues Point Road. Oh, I no. never, I never go across. No, never the shop there. Why would you? Just kidding. <laughs> we just lost all half our Sydney listeners. Anyone living <laughs> in the north? Um, yeah. Uh, so um, uh, Blues Point obviously is the beautiful little suburb. Uh, like at the tip of the bottom of the. North Shore. Um, yeah. yeah, Milsons Point, Q Billy, There's a bookstore there. I didn't know that either. The mm-hmm. woman who runs it is like, her name's Helen. She's great. She's <laughs> really nice. Mm-hmm. I went in and I was looking for a book. Um, usually I like to browse, but I went in there being very intentional about what I wanted because my good friend Kelly told me last week that she is looking forward to reading Kate Legg's new book. Oh, you can't see it. It's
0: uh, um,
1: oh, It's yeah. called Infidelity and Other Affairs.
0: Um, uh, I think I've heard someone mention it. Was it Annabelle Crab? I'm pretty sure it was Annabelle Crab and Lee Sales mentioned on their podcast.
1: Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah about this
0: book. That, yeah.
1: What do they say about it? Because Annabelle Crab did give a blurb about uh, it. Ah, okay.
0: Yeah. She okay. said,
1: "Um, Annabelle Crab said,
0: you it's go. Writer... Um, it's memoir about her own affairs, isn't it? No, her husband cheating. Oh, her husband. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, Annabel Crabb gave a really nice quote, um, and um, on the cover, but also, um, she gave her a hilarious, hila- she- Annabelle She Annabel Crabb is fucking <laughs> <She's so> funny. <laughs> <laughs> she says, she says, um, she says, um, in her shout out in uh-huh. the middle of it, she says. Yeah. It's so gripping that I crashed into a bin while reading it. As I walked home from the train. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just oh, found that very I, I hilarious. love people who are so immersed in their books. <laughs> is, they don't care about the environment. It's, it's so, so dangerous matter. though.
1: It's, it's so, so dangerous. dangerous. I would never, yeah.
0: But it's also such a great compliment because that shows how much that is, you know, the the book is so interesting you couldn't put it down
1: yeah of course of course and i love annabelle if i ever get asked to do any blurb i'm gonna make sure i say i crashed into a bin (laughs) (laughs) so um kate leg's book um is a a memoir about Mm. um her cheating spouse basically Mm.
0: (laughs) So, was, she, was she married to this i mean she start? was i mean she still is they're not they're not oh,
1: okay. d- divorced um they have separated and they're both with different partners now but she okay. just said she said kate has said in interviews that she just can't be bothered getting a divorce
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like their logistics which i actually kind of love um but kate leg if you don't know um i didn't know this until my great friend kelly told me about she um was a features writer for the australian um, for yeah, decades,
0: is the journalist, yes, well, um, yeah.
1: which is why I don't know her because who <laughs> reads The Australian? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's a really short book. It's a collection of essays, but they're all basically talking about um, her ideas about whether or not um, infidelity is a hereditary. Because basically, what Kate does is she oh. looks through her family history and her husband's family history, yes. and like her f- husband's father had um an affair her husband's um father's mother had an affair Mm -hmm. um and like she kind of goes through people in her own family who have had um, who have committed adultery Mm -hmm. and her uh, her, also her son had an affair Mm -hmm. um before he got married like she says in the scene in the beginning of the book she says she got called by her um soon-to-be daughter-in-law at 3 a.m and she was crying on the phone saying i just found out that your son cheated on me And um, so, yeah, Kate kind of just talks. Like, the the book is very well written. Like, she's mm-hmm. like, I, I don't um, tend to read a lot of, um, and I should be ashamed of this, I don't tend to read a lot of books from Australian authors. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and this one is actually, this one is very pleasantly and beautifully written. She is, Kate is, like, in her 60s. She's mm-hmm. around our parents' age. Mm-hmm. And um, I've actually listened to a couple of interviews with her where she talks about it and um, sort of the way in which she talks about it is like it's completely absent of anger mm. or judgment, and um something about that. Um, I mean, I've sat with this for a few days now, but initially, I was actually quite angry about the fact that she's so chill and mm. so forgiving about the way in which she had been um, lied to, basically for so many years in her life. and um it's just it was there was something about the way in which she. Elevated her sense of complete lack of anger. That made me feel like she was saying, "Oh, if you're an angry person who's been cheated on, um, you're like kind of like it, it." She, she, it almost felt like she was saying, um, "It's better to not be angry than to be angry," you know, mm-hmm. about being cheated on. And I, di- I didn't really take it very positively when I heard that because um, I am someone who is consistently angry um and i'm not chill and um i judge i'm very someone who like if something has been done to me that's like if i've been wronged in some way i'm not going to be like gracious and forgive someone i'm going to be like you know how do i take my revenge kind of thing you know cuz um i don't know i just um there's was just something in the way that she was so forgiving about her husband. Like she said that after she in one of the um, interviews she gave, she said that she'd um, given the first draft to her husband, mm-hmm. and then he read it and then went for a walk and then came back and then said to her, uh, "It's a bit too judgmental." And then she took on that um, she took on that feedback and mm. kind of. She said she was grateful for her husband for letting her write this book and it's just the way in which she was so kind and forgiving to her her husband who had been cheating on her for for like years and years.
2: Mm. I was
1: just like, um, why are you so nice? Like why why are you, like it it was just like I don't want women to be nice. I want women to be cutting off people's dicks. You know, if if, like she went and cut off her husband's dick, I'd be like, yeah, like applause. That's what you should do. You know, like, <laughs> what, what, how is like? I just think that, that, and like, I kind of also admired. Like, I've come around to it now because, um, because I think, um, I've spoken to a lot of older friends. Not a lot. I've spoken to a few very, very special old friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, about this anger that I've had, and um, they've said, you know, like, they've said to me, Jesse, it's um, it's a very nuanced thing. Like, she had children with this man. This man stood by her for decades. Um, he was her best friend. Like, um, she, the, these older female friends were like, it's not so black and white. It's very gray, you Mm -hmm. know, and you will understand this once you get older. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, um, it's nuanced, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I just, um, I just, I don't know how the world, I don't know how the world will get better with just kind women. The world is already full of kind women. You know what I mean? Like, don't, like, how is the world changing if we just have more women forgiving their husbands for their infidelities?
0: You know? I think more of a forgiving well, to me, it's more of she's treating herself the right way, rather than having that kind of anger consuming her. But yeah, you, she said she didn't want to be the victim, yeah, you can't. W- How is that anger going to change her husband's behavior? It's not going to change because it it happened. What it it has happened, you know. It's his fault. Sorry, my dogs are snoring behind me.
1: Oh yeah, I thought that was a low fart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can't change his behavior. I think it's more of herself forgiving herself. She processed that anger through and. There's no point, and it's just going to be detrimental for her own health if she's she remains angry. I think that's my assumption. And obviously, relationships are never black and white, and it's people um, treat relationships differently, and they work it out in the different ways. You know, people. You know, some people. Like, I, I'm still very curious as in why people seek to have a relationship outside of their own partner or their spouse. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm all for uh, polyamorous, but you need to set out the rules, the conditions, and the communications you need to open, be very open about it. But if you and your partner has agree in the monogamy relationship, but then you betray that trust and go on to seek someone else. Then that's that person's issue. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my dogs are just. Said, yeah. Can you poke them? Wake them up. <laughs> it's like this low groan in the background. Okay. Yeah, what is ignoring me?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think um. I, I remember going to the bookstore and talking to the bookseller and th- mm-hmm. and saying because uh, she had the last copy and I was okay. like oh I'm is so um she said that she had flipped through it okay yeah so it, you know a brief. yeah stuff. but we talked about it briefly because we okay. both know we I knew see. the subject matter uh-huh. and so I yeah. was saying like oh this is just gonna make so like so, I feel like so many women are gonna try and read it because um many of us have in like unfortunately. A lot of us have been portrayed by our spouses, yeah. yeah. And um, and like Kate Leg um, doesn't ever genderize it. Like she never says men commit more adulterous behavior than women. Um, I I reckon they do. <laughs> like I feel like that's a fact. But um, she's very kind of um, diplomatic, and she never really blames. She never like only blames men. She says you know women also do it. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like myself. Um, I feel like um, infidelity. Uh, narratives are so fascinating especially mm-hmm. when it's like true stories <laughs> because you know why it's almost in the same way that i used to be obsessed with divorce stories mm-hmm. like I, I remember reading no, after, yeah, you, you, yeah you were yeah um
0: yeah, yeah and and,
1: I, and the reason is um because i think um very irrationally this mm-hmm. is an irrational belief. But I there's part of me um that feels like if I read more about women who have been cheated on and women who have gone through divorce, I will know and find out the ways of making sure I don't
2: uh, making sure I don't
1: fall for them. You know, like yeah, so like um I, I was like I think Kate Legg's book, I was like, maybe she'll talk about what her husband did and then so I can look for red signs in my own relationship. <laughs> like, you know, like it's it's completely irrational.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and like, thankfully, I don't uh, like. Uh, from my knowledge, I haven't been in a relationship where I, so my spouse has been um, uh, has lied to me. You know, um, but but it's it's like um, it's like the way in which I used to in my twenties. I actively made friends um, with much older people because. Um, because I just thought older people could teach me much more than younger people. Like I used to just think uh, like I, you know, I hung out with Barbara for more than, you know, two 200 hours in my life. You know, I've spent, I went on holidays with Barbara because um, she, You're because so like, older, yeah. Yeah. Because oh, Barbara is like a woman in her eighties. I met when I was in my early twenties and she um, was a big, huge figure in my life all through my twenties. And, um, and then I lived with a woman who was in her 60s for much, a lot, um, like two years in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I just felt like um, older people had more interesting things to say about life and also could teach me um, more kind of wise things about like um, what to do with my life mm-hmm. and what to avoid. You know, it's, yeah, it's kind of with that same lens that I seek out stories about um, women who have been hard done by
0: mm. by men you know mm. well the thing is relationships are very unpredictable and people change like I don't like people saying that um, my partner will never do this or my partner will never do that
1: I think that's dangerous okay, so I think it's real I think the most yeah,
0: that you have because- it will hurt you more when you're something really. Yeah, dangerous.
1: because Kate Legg says this. She's like, when she found out her husband had been having years of adulterous behavior, she um, she was said that she was like completely flawed and completely just like, um, her stomach, all the all the air from her stomach was like expelled because she was just so shocked. Mm. And I think um, I think it's yeah, I think it's dangerous to think that you know you, your spouse. Mm. I would never think that to know someone completely because it's in that it's in that it's all I think any form of certainty um in life is a dangerous thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I think especially within trust within relationship I'm not saying that you can't trust your partner but Mm -hmm. having such an absolute um expectation is a danger to not only your relationship but also to yourself as well it's very detrimental for your own health that you have that kind of expectation. And if something does happen out of your expectation, out of your own control, I think that's going to be like the worst feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to another cultural consumption, uh, I just want to quickly mention we watched bullet train another piece. oh yes you know i saw that on binge the other day you to binge right uh i think we watched on apple tv oh okay on apple tv i can't remember now anyway i want to see that
1: i love aaron johnson
0: another movie that we are late to to watch uh very whitewashed narratives because it's a uh, based on a novel by a japanese author kotaro isaka so the japanese i uh, not quite sure if I mentioned it in our previous episodes, because I listened to the audiobooks way back, probably beginning of last year. So the Japanese original name the well, original name is Maria Beetle. It's a black humor thriller about conflicts between assassins and hitmen of the underground Yakuza World of Japan. Um, Brad Pitt's co-name was Ladybug. This character who plays a hitman as well, who runs into bad luck when he's on a mission, and always accidentally kills someone. It's really it's a fun movie to watch, but it's really really whitewashed, yeah, because it's based in Japan, and all the all the characters from the novel supposedly to be um, all Japanese, but they you know they inserted in the movie they inserted white characters in it, and there's only two female characters who are also playing assassins and the one who played a specific um assassin who uses like poison to kill people she's a woman of color and she only appeared like five minutes in the film and she dies mm. um the book is definitely better i listened to audiobook I listened to the audiobook. I think the audiobook was very interesting because the narrator really amplified the particular storytelling tone of voice. You know, sometimes you read it yourself, you don't get that kind of feeling, but when someone reads yeah. to you, they read it with emotion, <laughs> it's more fun. Yeah, so it was more exciting for, from the book. And they cut a lot of bits out in the movie that's, that I thought was um, a bit disappointing. But after it all, it's, it's a fun movie to watch if you just want to watch, you know, something that doesn't really use much of your brain cells, yeah. Awesome, yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break and when we come back, uh, what are we going to talk about this week, Jess?
1: Um, we're going to talk about uh, married women who who win the lottery and then uh, quickly divorce their husbands and why. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. Uh, this week I had the privilege of covering an interesting topic, uh, a story coming out from Switzerland, a study um, by the Swedes along with some help from the Americans, um, a study that basically um, looked at uh, Swedish lottery winners. Mm-hmm. And what they did was um, they compared um, women and men like who were married um and the way that what happened to their lives after they won the lottery. and um what the study found was that um married women who won the lottery were far more likely to divorce their spouses than men who won their lotteries um, who won lottery, and which kind of it just it was so um interesting to me because um it spoke a lot about um, the way in which um, the way in which women lead their lives um when they come into some sort of positive wealth acquisition you know mm-hmm. um so what happened was that they found that um it, it's kind of uh, a little misleading what i said because um the study actually um, made a point of noting that winning the lottery as a woman didn't actually directly cause or lead to divorces it just accelerated them for mm-hmm. women who were already thinking about filing for divorce and mm-hmm. um, what's interesting helen though is that um men who won the the, uh, won the lottery, they actually um, uh, kept they and their divorce rates were much lower, mm-hmm. and also um, a lot of them um, ended up having um, getting married if they weren't married already, so and or and also having more children, mm-hmm. and so um, not only were the male winners much more likely to get or stay married, they also ended up having more children, and the trend was consistent regardless of whether or the man was married or not. Mm. You know, and it kind of made me think about all the kind of ideas I have about why it is the man who proposes to the woman, mm-hmm. you know, like historically, um, because men's lives are easier married, you know, with mm-hmm. a wife, and okay. whereas, um, yeah, for a woman, uh, like there's a reason why women don't propose to
0: men, right? I think I you know mean. That's this is socially expected. Expected that men propose to women, and socially well, expected that man takes care of women. I mean, conservatively, and in the sense of monitoring... Is
1: there something happening outside? No. Well, oh, I could just, just hear like some. Okay. Anyway, yeah.
0: go on. Yeah, and I think it's. Socially expected that man looks after woman financially. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You marry, you know, and obviously that's changing. But I I do wonder: do they ever? um, How do they? How how do they do this kind of stuff? Hey, do they go out and ask lottery winners? I think they. What's your marital status? No,
1: they track lottery winners. Okay. uh, That's what they do. Yeah, and they also found that um. Um, men get married faster after winning lottery. Uh, I think it's because, like, um, for women, uh, for men, um, they become more attractive once they get richer. Whereas it's not yeah. the same for women, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just find that so interesting. Just the way in which um, we, you can come into the same gift, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, but but your life will take very different turns. Um, depending on your gender
0: gender yeah so
1: you know coming into a lot of wealth for women means if you leave a relationship that you're not really satisfied with whereas like for a man it's like they get into or they attract more partners because of their wealth acquisition
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah i wonder if it's um i mean it's, it says that the the study says that it accelerates the um, woman's decision of uh, getting out of a marriage, like get having a divorce, difference. yeah, because there's a financial stability once you win, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, lottery, obviously that you don't, you're sick of this relationship, and the only thing that you're remaining with the husband is probably because there's a certain income that you have, and then you can still, you know, have a roof over your head, but now once you win the lorry, you're unsatisfied with this relationship. Why not? You know, like mm. I can move out, I can have my own life, and I don't have to look after anyone else. Mm. Um, so there's an incentive. There's an incentive definitely for the woman when they are already thinking of getting divorced.
2: Mm.
0: Whereas men, they will probably think that um, having more money Okay, this is my assumption. I'm not saying that it applies to all men, but my assumption is that when I have more money, I attract more women. Therefore, higher likelihood of having an affair or something like that, because they they probably don't have to work as much. They don't have to work as long hours when you have a suddenly have you know and a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. And what are you gonna do with that money? You're gonna go out and have fun and you're gonna going to you are going to get yourself satisfied in every way possible,
1: yeah food sex
0: yeah property. yeah that's yeah. right, yeah, so I'm assuming that's that's the one of the reason I'm guessing um uh and also I don't think we the society as a whole hasn't progressed enough because um. I remember seeing what you wrote about this study. Is that at the in the at the end of the day, it's still uh, very difficult for women who are very successful in her career. Uh, I mean, there's a rate of uh, between men and women that when a woman gets promotion, there's higher likelihood of her divorce. Divorce, you know, or if she's earning higher. if she has a higher income than her husband, there's a higher likelihood of divorce as well. Um, I think, I don't know the real reason behind that, but I'm guessing that partially, or maybe for someone that the husband feel like their pride has been outperformed. I mean, their their achievement been outperformed by their female partner and Mm -hmm. very, um, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: It's a very... Intimidated? His, sorry? Men are intimidated?
0: Yeah, they feel intimidated. It's a very outdated sort of perception that woman needs to, my wife needs to, cannot be better than me. I, I feel like there's a sense that still a lot of cis men out there feel that way. Mm. Yeah, I, I hope the trend is changing because if that doesn't change you can't expect men to do other sort of work that are still very female dominated yeah i mean yeah. that's a whole to- different topic yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and that's all i have for today um yeah so i guess you know divorce rate and woman winning lottery it's just not only winning lottery i'm guessing that Sometimes, if you just receive, a, uh, suddenly, an inheritance, you know, from unknown relatives or something like that, you know, external income that's unexpected, would that lead to uh, an acceleration of divorce rate? I would say yes, because you know, like I said before, having a financial stability in this world, this day, is very important, and if a marriage is We still think, well, personally to me, I think marriage is still a very constrained uh, institution for women. So if you have that freedom, why not, you know, you don't don't have to put up with the bullshit in your life. So I guess that's why um, differences between women and men and winning the lottery, how they make the decision about their own relationships. Okay, uh, anything else from you? No okay that's the end of our episode remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify Google and Apple and give us a five-star rating if you'd like to support us what we do here at Asian beaches down under head to buy me coffee page to make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry so that's it from us this week and we'll chat to you next time
1: Bye.